All right. We're getting things booted up. We're getting things started here. I got my coffee. It is 7 p- oh, 6.59 p.m. Eastern here in Ottawa. Let a couple people in. Lots and lots and lots to talk about this week. Um, it's kind of crazy, like, this week was definitely, at least it felt a little bit all over the map um, when it came to news and updates and, and things. I think that um, there is definitely this spark right now in the Hedera ecosystem, I think especially because we just saw the kind of quote-unquote, you know, step function in TPS and then also Dell being added to the governing council. It it definitely puts a, you know, puts a spring in your step. And I mean, HBAR hasn't been doing too bad. Um, and we've had quite a few, you know, assets on the network, um, you know, do pretty well. I think Dovu saw some pretty strong price action to the upside. Um, and I mean, stuff's happening. Like um, we had Pangolin Dax launch um, and we had a bunch of stuff uh, go down, um, you know, over the week, um, you know, and we're live on Twitter spaces with another week in Hashgraph to unpack. Um, let's take a little look at what we're going to be talking about today, because it's quite a bit. Um, we're going to be talking about um, some governing council rumors. There's a company that's been... Well, it's not that they have been rumored. I don't know if really they've been rumored as a governing council member, you know, in the past in a big way. Um, but something happened recently that kind of makes you go, huh, could they be? Um you know, we got some milestones in the network. We have a bunch of interviews too, like Mance, Lehman, um, and some other folks from the Governing Council. Um, quite a few people have been doing the rounds, right? From Hedera, from Swirls, from the HBAR Foundation. It's been interview heavy. Um, we've got quite a bit to talk about um, in regards to that. Um, we've got some stuff to talk about in regards to how Hedera is presented in the press. We got some network updates. What else we got going on? Testnet, Galaxy. Um, let me see here. What else? Uh, FFSCO. Oh, yeah, this is the MasterCard stuff. This is really interesting. We're talking about that, too. Um, Amazon rumors. What, what else we got here? Um, stuff going down in Dubai, right? Um, we had some action happening too on stater i don't know if it's actually good or bad but you know i think that uh you know i think that we've got some interesting stuff happening over there to say the least um we've got yeah we've got a bunch of stuff i mean we got hbar foundation announcements we've got um you know all sorts of stuff going on it's it's been a big week um and i mean you know when we look at the theme of the show the follow button fumble or fumble. Um, you know, I think that Hedera is, it's interesting because at the end of the day, it's really easy for 
us to get an idea of what could happen next. Um, but it's very telling that there hasn't really been a denial of it. And we'll talk about it. Um, and I mean, it's also crazy how much has happened. Like just a bunch of stuff has happened this week. This Twitter thread I put together is one of the longest I ever put together. Um, you know, so it's it's uh, it's it's definitely uh, kind of crazy. Um, I've got some feedback on the show. Uh, I think you could convey the same information just as well or better in a quarter of the time and words. Um, I like words. Um, and I feel like we don't have enough time together. Um, so I like spending time with people talking about this stuff. Probably one of my favorite things to do when I first got into Hedera was just be in these kind of group chats with, with people that now are, you know, maybe they're kind of these quote unquote influencers in the space, or they're running, um, you know, they're running major dApps that we use every day on Hedera and stuff like that. Or maybe they work at Hedera. Um, but you spend time with people. I like spending time. I mean, if you don't want to really, you know, spend the time listening to this and, and to be quite honest, um, I don't blame you. Um, I get told quite a lot that I go on and on about stuff. So I'll give you some pro tips before we dive into the show. Um, the show is available on Apple podcasts, you know, Spotify. I get those online on Monday. Um, the Spotify app and the Apple Podcast app, you can listen to stuff on on two times speed. So that's helpful. And also there's a Twitter thread pinned to the top of the spaces. And I also put it live the day before that has all the stories we're talking about. Um, so I want to make it as easy as possible um, to get the news. But if you want to spend some time together, tune into the show. I think people dig it. Um, and if you do need to catch up on previous week's episodes and you have some time to kill, Head over to itsbrandond.com slash hbar where you will find past episodes. And with that, good evening from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. My name is Brandon Davenport, and I'm a developer, artist, and creative agency owner at Dirksen Davenport Incorporated. And like all of you, I am a Hashgraph enthusiast. It's Sunday, February 19th, and there's a lot to talk about, as I've said. Welcome to Hashgraph News and Rumors, episode 65, Follow Button Fumble. This is a weekly show that covers the top stories related to Hedera, HBAR, and everything in between. Broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as I said. Every Monday, get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash HBAR. If you're listening live, like I said, check out the Twitter thread pins at the top of the Spaces. Take a deep dive into each story. Also, everybody listening, take a moment now to share the spaces, to let your friends know you're listening, the more the merrier. Also, a little comment button on the bottom right. If there's something, you know, if you've got a question or, you know, want to share something that, you know, people listening might find interesting, you know, hit the comment button there, let people know you're listening. What should I, you know, tell everybody? What should I know about what's going on? Let me know. Um, no guests today. We have too much to talk about. Um, I get people reaching out for guests and I, you know, I'm sorry, but there's too much going on. Um, and the show continues to grow from hundreds of listeners to thousands. And that's because of people, you know, people like you guys that take time out of your day to listen it does take time. Um, and the show is by far one of my favorite things to do. 
If you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show, please uh, consider making an HBAR donation. It helps me add value to the Hashgraph community. Um, and you can send a donation to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet, brought to you by listeners like you. What's going on in the Hedera space? Let's take a look at some numbers. Let's do our little kind of like weather forecast here. Let's take a look at the network first. I'm going to go on Metrica, uh, metrica.co, M-E-T-R-I-K-A. It's great. Um, it shows you what's going on with the network, right? With the numbers. I mean, watching the price is important, sure, but understanding what's happening on the network is important. We got almost 50, uh, let me see here, 50 million transactions a day, about 46 on average, million transactions per day. That's crazy. Um, this week we had 330 million transactions. Obviously the majority of those is due to Atma IO from Avery Dennison. Um, big stuff all mostly we'd say like 95% HCS transactions for the consensus service. Um, time to finality stays under five seconds, which is great. Um, we did see that huge spike in account creation on the 17th. Um, but we are, we, we, you know, you know, we have seen an uptick on average, let's say, on the first half of February and before, on average, we'd have about uh, maybe 200 to 300 um, mainnet accounts created per day, which, you know, it's, it's not bad. Now we're seeing about three to 500 mainnet accounts created per day. Um, that's really good, right? Account creation is a major goal of Hedera and the HBAR Foundation. Um, so definitely, um, keeping an eye out there. Uh, let's take a peek here. Well, I mean, on the network, that's really, that's, you know, that's what we're going to look at. That's what's going on. Um, trading view. This is the app I use to look at prices and stuff like that. We're just going to take a quick look. I mean, there's nothing huge of note to talk about. Um, we are seeing, you know, we're rocking above that eight cents support, which is good, right? Um, and we're seeing a resistance at 10 cents. I mean, we tried to hit 10 cents um, on the 12th, right? One week ago. Um, and we're going to have to see a strong write up to it again with some volume. Um, generally, we'll follow the Bitcoin charts, right? Bitcoin is hitting resistance at that 25K range. So key area to watch right now on the upside is 25K on Bitcoin, 10 cents on HBAR. And we're just going to have to see um, what happens on that front. Now, I mean, it is worth noting that um, we did, you know, HBAR did make some strong moves kind of on its own, um, you know, earlier this month, which was good to see. Maybe that happens again. I mean, it appears we do have some substantial news and interest um, that's really new on the Hedera ecosystem. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Hedera made another move um, on its own. Um, but on the downside, we do have that six cents support, right? And that's going to be important for us to, um, keep, you know, on the support side, it, it's going to take a pretty strong move down. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we hit six cents again to test that support. Um, but that's really what we're looking at right now. So I'd say on the upside, Keep an eye on that 10 cent range on the downside. I'd say even keep an eye on the 7 cent range on the on the downside. Pay attention to those. Um, and we'll see if we see some consolidation here. Be interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people say not financial advice. I will also say not financial advice. But I mean, 
we're talking about finance. What can you do? Um, let's take a look at some of these HTS assets on the Hedera token service. Um, these are, you know, cryptos minted right to the layer one. Um, and, you know, we've got, so I'll talk about the 24 hour prices right now. Um, in the past day, we've got sauce up two and a half percent. We got head starter up a percent. Uh, we've got, boo, 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 let me see here. We got Dovu up, uh, just under 1%. We've got lucky token up two and a half percent galaxy at one and a half percent, um, stater, uh, down just under half percent, uh, da, 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 jam down seven and a half percent H bar suite up 7.4%. Um, yeah. So, I mean, stuff's going on. We did see some big moves and now we're kind of chilling. We'll see what Monday holds. Um, the most interesting thing was Dovu. Obviously people were watching those charts. Um, and you know, Dovu is a, you know, carbon offset use case built on Hedera. One of the very, probably one of the very first use cases built on Hedera. They've pivoted before. I had CTO Matt, um, from Dovu on the show as a guest talked about Dovu, um, like really interesting use case. Um, and I think that the price action that we saw, it, you know, you could you could chop chop it up either way. Um, I think that what the consensus is is um, Ethereum. You know, people that hold a lot of Ethereum, people call them whales, trading these low market cap coins, um, make big moves and big profits. So, what exactly does that mean? Well, um, Dovu is actually minted on Ethereum as an ERC twenty token. A lot of people hold Dovu on the Hedera token service in their hash pack or something like that. That Dovu coin was migrated via hash port from the Ethereum network to Hedera Hashgraph. And um, that also means that for sure some Dovu is on the Hedera side, right? But also some Dovu is still on the Ethereum side. And a lot of liquidity is on the Ethereum side. Um, some folks hold a ton of Ethereum. And Dovu's definitely had some important announcements behind it and does have a really promising use case um, just by, you know, partially the nature that the use case is built on being Hedera. And um, we saw people holding a lot of Ethereum trade some Dovu. Um, Dovu has a pretty small market cap. I think it's somewhere in the range of a couple million, maybe. I don't even know if it's a, a million. I haven't checked. It's moved so much. Um, but when you see a project with a market cap that low, um, that has that substance behind it and you hold a lot of Ethereum, you're going to, you know, we did see a lot of prominent Twitter accounts publishing um, positives, uh, announcements about Dovu, talking about um, Dovu's partnership with the HBAR Foundation, even though that was announced, you know, about a year ago. Um, you know, we saw that kind of activity happen. People get excited. They purchase Dovu. People that hold huge amounts of Dovu then sell it and the cycle continues. So we did see, um, you know, some definitely huge activity on Dovu, some big volume in comparison to what we're used to. We saw some, you know, really uh, outsized uh, price appreciation over a few days of like, you know, 300, 400%. Um, so that was very interesting to watch. Um, and it's just, you know, it's entertaining, um, but it just goes to show how much excitement potentially there is about some stuff being built on Hedera. Personally, I think, to be honest, it was just a low market cap coin on it, you know, on ERC-20 and Ethereum whales, you know, mucking around. 
uh, as the bear market is upon us, right? So, um, but you know, there there is something interesting about it because we most folks that are interested in the Dovo use case, um, they're doing a lot of real world application stuff. So, is it just speculation or um, what's going to happen with that? I mean, this is just speculation, not financial advice. It was just you have to talk about it. Um, everyone, everyone was talking about it. If you didn't know about it, you ended up knowing about it. Um, when a when a coin like that, especially one in the Hedera ecosystem, um, has price action like that, it grabs your attention. Something else that I want to talk about um, before we just dive right into the news is um, I posted a video earlier today about my thoughts regarding you know NFT royalties um, on Ethereum and Solana. It's a huge topic of discussion. Um, and I mean, people have been talking about it for a long time, right? And, you know, I'm not going to ramble on about it. You can go watch that video that I published earlier today. But, um, and most folks listening to the show probably understand what's happening. Basically, what's happening is um, when you see marketplaces like OpenSea or Magic Eden on, you know, certain blockchain networks like, um, you know, Ethereum and Solana, when you have NFTs that are, you know, minted to those networks via smart contracts, it's really um, gives power to those marketplaces to determine how they want to handle those transactions, right? Versus Hedera, where NFTs don't need smart contracts to be minted, and those transactions are handled by the actual protocol, right? The Hedera consensus. And that means that marketplaces don't have a choice how royalties are handled, um, there, those that that's strictly enforced by the network. That's really needed for enterprise, right? That's part of that enterprise grade um, talking point from Hedera. Um, but also, kind of on the Web two side, you know, we're seeing Twitter charging for uh, being able to do different things on the network. Um, a lot of social media platforms moving to that model. You know, Facebook and Instagram will be launching verification platforms similar to Twitter. Um, Twitter charging for uploading longer videos or uploading longer tweets. Um, and it's kind of the same discussion, right? When you talk about, um, a creator and a collector trying to transfer value between each other with a middleman, things can definitely get, uh, difficult, right? Uh, when you have competition for multiple platforms like Twitter or, um, OpenSea or, or, uh, Facebook or Magic Eden, uh, competing with each other, potentially on the same network. They do things to lower costs, to make things more convenient, and and you know, uh, making artist royalties optional isn't isn't one of those things that should be done. Um, you know, what's next is you know Spotify going to make artist royalties optional, or is the music labels going to make artist royalties optional to compete with another label, or for Spotify to compete with Apple Music? Um, it's 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 just not going to be received well, and I don't think it is being received well. And we're seeing Hedera, um, you know make a big push on that messaging, which I do like to see. Um, they're resharing some interviews. Um, one that I actually shared again from last year, I think maybe it was, uh, Hedera's new general counsel talking about this topic. Go watch that if you haven't. It's a, I think it's on the Gossip About Gossip podcast or something. It's great. Uh, but basically my takeaway is this. It sounds like um, in a very rare situation, um, folks in Web3 and folks in Web2 are dealing with the same problem right now, a protocol problem. Um, people on Facebook and Twitter and similar platforms are dealing with issues where, uh, you know, 
those transactions of, of value exchange or actions or things that they want to do in the network are you know being determined by different platforms and same thing with people on web3 right so it sounds like it's a protocol problem it sounds like we're all in the same boat on this and i think we should kind of come together and, and you know build those bridges and say listen we have to solve this together and it's a protocol problem and a great place to start is hedera um that's obvious uh, but i mean enough on that it's not like super uplifting stuff it is unfor- I, i'm i'm really kind of surprised how fast of a race it has been to zero with these marketplaces. It's really unfortunate that the, the, the downside of this is platforms again, like, you know, Twitter, OpenSea, Facebook, magic, Eden, or et cetera, you know, blur, whatever. Um, they are basically, you know, in, 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 you know, web two uh, case, they're charging people to post content that those platforms need right to survive and serve ads to which is weird and then these other pl- and then you know web3 platforms are cutting royalties it's nuts so i think we need to come together on that it's the same problem we need a new protocol i think we're already on it hint hint but who knows um so speaking of the protocol biggest story of the week of course is um you know obviously it is just a a, a person and a, and a you know probably a group of people that use the Hedera Twitter account. I know from my experience managing brands um, that, you know, I have Twitter accounts on different devices for various clients. And um, when there's certain releases that happen, when you look at a large scale enterprise or organization like Hedera, and you were to, let's say, be announcing a governing council member, there's a lot of things that have to happen in a specific order really quickly across a, a marketing or PR team. And very often, like we did see in the Dell case, um, when Dell was announced as a governing council member, right? Um, boom, interviews went out, press release went out, article went up, HBAR Foundation retweeted, um, Christian Hasker, Zenobia, key figures from Hedera, um, anybody that would be uh, helpful in, in announcing that governing council member. Those announcements got out, boom. And also at the exact same time, the Hedera Twitter account followed Dell on Twitter. So all those things kind of happen, right? And um, the reason why is because one of those happening gives it away, right? And a great example is the Hedera Twitter account as most of us know, only follows governing council members, right? It doesn't follow anybody else. There's 28 governing council members. The Hedera Twitter account follows 28 accounts. And the Hedera Twitter account followed Sony and then quickly unfollowed. And it caught everybody's attention because um, what that means is, to me, it feels like an announcement could have been rolling out and something had to be, uh, you know, backtracked or rethought. And part of that process was following the account. It was maybe one of the first things done. And it was like, hey, we got to make a 180 and they had to unfollow it. Um, so obviously, Sony makes a really good uh, governing council member. Um, I did send out a tweet reminding folks that they did, you know, file a patent in regards to tracking unique in-game digital assets using tokens on a distributed ledger, which is pretty big. 
Um, and, you know, they've certain people at, at Sony and, and Sony music specifically have, you know, made posts on LinkedIn um, about a year ago, uh, mentioning how great it's been working with individuals at the H bar foundation and stuff like that. Um, and I think Sony would make a good governing council member, you know, to be honest. And for me, I look at this situation as really interesting because, you know, some folks will say, oh, they were, someone was on the Hedera Twitter account and they accidentally clicked a button and, you know, accidentally followed Sony. I don't think that's the case. Generally, people tasked with um, using the the actual Hedera Twitter account itself, um, they wouldn't be browsing Twitter with it, right? They wouldn't be logged into it all the time. Um, there would be specific things that need to get done in a hopper and someone would be doing those things. Um, and maybe a couple people would have access to the account, but it would be pretty clamped down. Again, I, I'm pretty sure that most stuff that gets tweeted out of the Hedera Twitter account would have to be approved by the governing council member. And it also is really clear that if the Hedera Twitter account were to follow somebody, the whole community would know about that right away. So they're probably very... Um, cautious and 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 um you know uh cognizant of what's going on with that account so i don't think the sony follow personally was just a random accidental you know butt dial no i think it was part of a role uh, an announcement rollout that uh you know maybe was mistimed Maybe, you know, it could also be a situation where you have an intern that just has a list of stuff to do. Someone forgot to take it off the list. Who knows? Um, so I don't think this has anything to do with someone at Hedera making a mistake. I don't think that there's, uh, I don't think anyone's at fault. Um, I think that this is just stuff like this sometimes happens when you're doing announcements. It's unfortunate. Um, but I will say that this to me is a strong indicator that Sony would be a governing council member. Not to say when, right? It is worth noting this did happen on, I believe, a Thursday. This happened on Thursday. So um, usually governing council members historically happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So it's very interesting to me, right? It is really, really interesting to me. Um, and uh, when we look at some of the discussion that's happening in the community, of course, when we, when we kind of pull back a little bit, um, you know, MasterCard is also rumored to be a governing council member. Um, and there's lots of upcoming governing council member rumors. So who knows? Um, but I won't spend too much more time on that. I just wanted to highlight it. It's top of mind for everybody in the community. I mean, when you look at Sony, I mean, they've got Sony Music. They've got movies. They've got gaming. I mean, PlayStation. Like, um, it really seems interesting. And they do seem like they've been investing and, and doing research and development in the DLT space for a while. So it makes sense to me. Now, I'm going to segue into some of these interviews that happened because this, to me, is the main piece of the show this week, are these interviews. There, there are so many key insights from these interviews, from these folks. Um, I watched all of these interviews. Um, I made notes. Um, and I just wanted to, as, as quickly as I can, go through them because I wanted kind of people to... Um, you know, know about these things and keep these top of mind because to, all together, you can start to see a little bit of what maybe is happening in the minds of folks on the governing council or um, at these different kind of organizations and, and what was happening at Davos. Um, what was it like 
um, and all these different sorts of things. So first, I'll actually start off with um, an interview that it's funny. I was actually just watching it before the show was going live. I was watching it on like 2x speed on YouTube, just blasting through it, taking notes. It got like five minutes to seven and I was like, I got to start the show. So I, I have it on pause in a tab um, right here. So, But I got some good things from it that I wanted to talk about. This is an interview with um, Andrew Gatsworth from DLA Piper. Obviously, DLA Piper is one of, I would say, one of the most prominent and important governing council members of Hedera. Um, and again, reminder, the governing council of Hedera are a group of up to 39 term limited organizations globally across different sectors that are competitors potentially um, that govern and own, literally own uh, the network um, with equal share. So that's the governing council, different type of governments. I think that it's, you know, superior to governance on other DLTs and other networks. And, um, you know, DLA Piper is a big uh, member very early member, I think might be one of the originals. I don't know. And an interview that Max Walker Williams did, you know, prominent community member with Andrew from DLA Piper, who is the chief innovations officer, um, uh, said a couple things in the interview and I'll go through them. So he mentioned that he's seeing things online, like the governing council serves itself, right? We've all seen these kinds of uh, discussions online because it is, it does go against the grain from an from from arguably like a, a crypto aesthetic, right? Crypto is kind of like anonymous, decentralized, trustless, no knowledge. You know, kind of um, you don't know where anything is, what's going on. Well, you know, it turns out that you know Ethereum and Bitcoin are managed by you know six entities, kind of thing. Um, and Hedera is 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 weird. I mean, it's big banks, big companies. Um, big law firms, those kinds of things that definitely can kind of hit people maybe the wrong way. And so there definitely is conversation um, on, you know, you know, online where it's like, you know, what are these companies doing? I don't really like the sign of this. And basically Andrew was like, um, you know, it's not true. Um, he said that flat out. And, you know, I think that it's, it's good to know that prominent governing council members are aware of that and kind of like are, he kind of seemed a little offended by it. He does seem like a passionate guy. The, I will say this. From what I've seen recently from the governing council, they do seem like hash graph enthusiasts themselves, right? Um, they do seem super passionate about the technology and like really um, not precious about it, but like um, they're, they really want to open source what they're doing and, and enable people to do it. So um, they're all holding each other accountable. Um he said that they initially tried working on Ethereum. So DLA Piper has minted half a billion dollars of real-world securities on Hedera, right? Half a billion in real-world securities is tokenized on Hedera from this one company, right? You can go on the Hedera website and look at that. It's, it's a fact. And they mentioned they've been working on this use case for a long time, um, and they just said it wasn't possible to do with Ethereum. Too slow, too expensive. Um, Max asked Andrew, you know, what about Ethereum 2.0? They said, still too slow, still too expensive, and the governance isn't there. Um, so that's, that's you know, it's interesting. It's a common story too. I think that there's a, quite a few governing council members that, and quite a few use, use cases in the ecosystem now that were building on other networks and moved to Hedera 
And there are upsides and downsides. Hedera is really small. Liquidity isn't quite here yet. Um, so a lot of these folks are taking a huge risk, right, by building on Hedera. But I, you know, I put out a tweet because uh, I was thinking about this one night. I was like, it is hard to convince people to move to Hedera for sure, but I think it's going to be near impossible for other networks to convince these folks to move back in the future. Um, he also said that, uh, th I found this really interesting. He said that Hedera and HBAR Foundation want people with use cases that are protected with IP so they can provide technical support and go to market. So they're really looking for like people that have ideas that are, you know, protected intellectual property um, and, you know, help them go to market and build it. So that's a really interesting thing. Um, I, a lot of people I do think are under the impression that um, you really have to bootstrap things, but the HBAR Foundation is you know very a very uniquely structured investment business organization entity what what have you and if you were to go to the hbar foundation or hedera or whomever and say here's an idea i have for a use case and uh, maybe i have a proof of concept and it's compelling basically effectively pitching it and you have you know ip and it's protected um, they'll help you build it and give you a grant to do it so um, that's good to know that's good to know. Um, also, too, he talked about how the council doesn't always agree, right? Um, and this was interesting. In the interview itself, there was a cut here. So he was, I feel like he was going to go into it and, and talk about a specific scenario about a time or situation that the council didn't agree. And it was cut out of the interview. So there was a cut here. Obviously, something had to be taken out. Um, take that as you will. Um and he mentioned a lot of these governing council members compete in the real world. He's like, people forget, you know, DLA Piper's on the governing council with, you know, other big law firms. And uh, sometimes we compete with each other. And also governing council members don't agree all the time. There's a lot of debate um, and all those different types of things. So, um, you know, I think that that was an interesting insight, something to be reminded of um, that. Yeah, the governing council really just doesn't always get along. And, and I'm happy about that. That's what this is all about is um, I like that there's a governing council member willing to say like, yeah, we don't always agree and there's a lot of debate and we have to compromise quite a bit. That's literally what this is all about. That's what this is. It's about people with competing interests, uh, people that um, have reputations and people that are building on the network um, coming to consensus on things through debate. I think that's great. He also said that um, he's, he met, he talked a little bit about these two new governing council members that we have coming. And this was a really, really interesting point. Max filmed this interview at Davos, right? Which was over a month ago. And since then, obviously, we've had Dell announced as a governing council member. So when he was interviewing Andrew, sorry, Andrew, you know, at Davos, talking about potential new governing council members, um, any hints as to who they might be. Obviously, Andrew said, I can just say that they're, you know, good additions. Um, and uh, he said, both are going to be really great, talking about the remaining two, of course. Obviously, now we know one of them is Dell. And that was really interesting to me. I was, it was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like we being, you know, where we are now and having Dell have announced and Andrew knowing that it was Dell, kind of a weird feeling, kind of unique. 
Um, also, he mentioned that he'd love to see um, a large global logistics and shipping company join the governing council, which I find interesting. Um, in regards to the next five years, he said enterprises are still adopting DLT. Some governing council members are still working away on this. Um, but he did mention something I didn't thought about before. He said enterprise will eventually use the services of the start that the startups are building now. When they integrate, it will supercharge their entry into Web3, right? So we look at Hashpack or um, The Guardian or uh, Hashport or all these different kind of companies and entities that have emanated from within the Hedera ecosystem, um, either as startups or initiatives. Don't, like as we've seen LG use uh, Blade Wallet or Lithos use Hashpack, you know, when we see these larger enterprises start to use these platforms and services that these startups have built, that's going to be a really interesting situation when that really ramps up. And so I'm happy he highlighted that. Um, he also mentioned that um, Standard Bank has developed a stable coin uh, to be used in uh, logistics and supply chain, which I find interesting. Um, also, he mentioned this, I, and this is where I had to hit pause on the interview because I had to you know, start the show and I wanted to keep watching. He said, um, there is a use case looking to create a financial product that would allow a certain type of investment to be flipped into a mortgage. And they're working with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac um, of, uh, you know, 2008 financial crisis fame um, and also, you know, two major entities when it comes to mortgages in the U.S. That's a you know very compelling tidbit from that interview. The other interview that I watched um, was Lehman. He was interviewed by Ashton Addison from CIA, uh, the chief investment officer from Blockwest Capital. This was a really interesting one. This one was Lehman being interviewed by a finance guy um, who obviously had done a lot of due diligence on Hedera. Um, and this was a great interview. What Not a ton of insights, but I want to pick out a couple things. Um, it, it was really, really clear from this interview. And, and Lehman said this, that Hedera is growing in a bear market. Also, the interviewer said this. Um, and it's clear. Value of the network goes up over 2022. Price of HBAR goes down. Um, take that as you will. That's just what happened. And that's what that interview is basically about. Um, Lehman also explained um, what this is all about really well. I mean, Lehman is on his game. When he's talking to people maybe unfamiliar with Hedera, it's in, it's just so crazy to watch this guy talk. I've watched him tweak his talking points and change the way he explains this kind of stuff to people. I encourage, you know, every Hashgraph enthusiast, keep watching Lehman because uh, it's, it's, you, you can start to see why he does it. Um, also, you know, he reminded people that the Go governing council also does on-chain governance. So signing transactions, um, really important to remember that, right? The governance isn't just uh, meetings and minutes and Zoom calls. It's actual on-chain governance that the governing council is doing. Next interview, which I think is the most important is um, Mance, right? The other, you know, the, the right-hand man of Lehman Baird, um, also at Swirls, on the Paul Barron show. Paul Barron is one of these, you know, I maybe I won't call him a crypto influencer. He's like a crypto news guy. Um, definitely more uh, straight-laced dude and definitely takes more of a professional approach to things, which I think served this interview well. This is also a guy that has done clearly a bunch of research on the network. 
And here's some insights from that interview. Mance, you know, said community nodes are coming this year. Additional shards likely in the next 24 months. Important. Um, anonymous nodes come after that. Uh, he said also Dell will have more use cases beyond edge, right? We were talking last week about um, Dell's uh, edge computing use cases, data provenance, all those different types of things. He said Dell will have more use cases. Um, Swirls is working uh, with senior executives on the tech side. Um, he also mentioned, uh, he touched on this too, which I found really interesting. He said um, new council members behavior has changed. Previously, they've joined Hedera to figure out what their use case is going to be. Now they're coming with a use case in mind. Um, so I found that a really interesting insight. Um, he also said that um, LG's NFT um, platform is their first use case and is not the only one they're working on. So LG will be launching more use cases on Hedera, which is really cool. Um, also, I mean, I shared a clip last week of, you know, Mance from this interview talking about governance on Hedera in comparison to Ethereum and Bitcoin specifically. Um, he was really bold with this. Um, I mean, he said things to the effect of um, Hedera has, uh, you know, 28 governing council members currently that are term limited and known and transparent. The governance is transparent and even, um, and it can go up to 39 and on Bitcoin and Ethereum, you don't know really who these people are, and there's a small handful of them. Um, and he basically flat out said, it is a fallacy to say that the governance on Hedera is is more centralized than the governance on Bitcoin or Ethereum. He said that, it, that you know what they've done is world-class, so tons of confidence from Mance uh, when it comes to uh, governance and the conversations around that. Really big to see. And Mance has been a huge advocate um, for the, the talking points on governance. He says it's just as important as the hash graph itself. Um, also said uh, enterprise use cases take time. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Uh, but he said when they come online, they come with a wallop. Uh, it's exactly what they anticipated, obviously referring to Atma.io. Again, exuding confidence. Um, he said also too, this, I really want to highlight this. He says, if you look at the metrics, they're fantastic, but they are not council-driven. Obviously referring to the metrics of the network. Um, he says, the Hedera network doesn't depend on the governing council for success. It depends on the governing council for governance, but the success on the network is, you know, he's referring to these community initiatives, these startups, all these different types of things. And use cases from uh, an infrastructure built by uh, folks that aren't on the governing council members. So real, real nice giant tip of the hat to Mance, uh, to the community, um, just making it clear that the value on the network um, is the, the ecosystem and the community. Right. And I think that during this interview, it was clear that a lot of folks look to the governing council and go, oh, so these are the people building use cases. It's no, it's other people. We don't depend on these people to build use cases. You know, good reminder. Um, also said, um, you know, this was funny too. Paul uh, interviewing Mance talked about Netflix being a potential governing council member, referring to Netflix's sustained impressive numbers um, in the gaming sector. Obviously, Hedera targeting gaming as well. You know, 
when he said that, Mance kind of blushed and chuckled a bit. So I don't know what to take from that. It's funny. At this point, when you look at governing council member predictions and those different types of things, at this point, it's clear that any major company at some point will serve a term or two on the Hedera governing council, right? It's just a matter of who's going to be first at this point. Maybe Netflix. That would be crazy. That would be cool. Uh, makes me think of microtransactions like that Drop is doing. Drop, obviously, you know, early Hedera use case talked about uh, movie streaming, um, you know, Netflix, instead of paying a monthly fee, right? You you want to stream a movie. It's like, okay, you know, 10 cents or something. Something, these micropayments, right? Um, he also said, Mance also said, um, his prediction is there will be a handful of layer ones that drive the future and Hedera will be one of those. They've made that clear before, obviously reiterating. Um, another interview that I thought was important, um, just you know, going over it quick, was um, with Pan Exchange. Um, this is a use case that is um, a carbon offset exchange for hemp, um, similar to Dobu a little bit, but just for the hemp vertical. Um, and um, you know, they are working with DLA Piper, which is interesting, right? Um, they mentioned that the hemp market will be growing substantially, um, and it's a great ESG use case. But the, the the what I wanted to pull from this interview was the person charged with this. I can't recall her name. Actually, let me look it up. Um, I don't know why I didn't, um, uh, you know, remember her name. Should have wrote it down. Uh, the interview was with uh, do 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 do. It was with um, Julie Lerner. Julie Lerner at Pan Exchange. Um, and Julie Lerner says she was known as the Bitcoin Grim Reaper in the industry because people would come with her, um, you know, highlighting potential ways that they could leverage Web3 and DLT and different things like that for um, carbon offsets. And, you know, rightfully so, she she just didn't see it working out. And now learning about Hedera, she was like, I had to change my mind. This technology made sense. So, um, it was, I, you know, encourage you to watch that interview because this is somebody who's on the forefront of um, the, you know, the carbon offset sustainability uh, industry that's kind of the tip of the spear for Hedera right now. And somebody who is very well established, but had to pivot and change their mind about DLTs and start using one for their use case. Um, so that's a really great interview, really great insights. Some of these interviews are just great to watch, just kind of just see how the person's own journey is happening. Sometimes you can watch these people learn about Hedera in real time. Um, one of these people was another interview that happened was BitBoy. Well, not an interview. BitBoy published a 10-minute video about Hedera. I thought it was really great. Um, and again, BitBoy has a million followers on Twitter. Um, he is definitely a character, whether you love him or hate him. Um, I think that he is a big voice in crypto. A lot of people listen to what he says. Um, and He's not always right, you know, but also he's not always, you know, wrong. Um, I think we can definitely as a community agree with, you know, BitBoy. He has HBAR in his Twitter bio and he talks about HBAR a lot. But I think that he bought it as a position just because there was a lot of um, conviction generally behind Hedera. But I don't really think he understood a lot about the network. Um, and I'll recall an interview that he did with Lehman that we talked about on the show previously it was clear he had no real idea what he was talking about, right? Interviewing Lehman. Um, but he published this video, I feel, 
as almost a whoopsie kind of thing, kind of going, damn, I need to align more with this asset. And I think that what he's understanding is it's not a conversation around Hedera or HBAR being bundled up with all these different cryptos. It's we have blockchain. Now we have a new technology called Hashgraph, right? We have this 14-year-old technology that's that ha- has been doing a lot of really, really great things and will continue to do great things. But now we have a better new technology called Hashgraph. So I think he's starting to understand that. And the first player, major player in Hashgraph technology is obviously Hedera as a network. Um, and I think that, you know, when we look at this video he published, there's a couple key insights from it. Um, he's still kind of out of the loop a little bit, but he he talks to his viewers um, and again, he has a lot of viewers. He talked to them almost at, from a perspective of, hey, guys, you know, I really didn't know enough about this HBAR thing. I believe in it, but I didn't quite know why. And after my interview with Lehman, it was clear I had to learn more. So I took a deeper dive and let's explore this together. You're, we're literally watching Bitcoin, BitBoy learn about HBAR and Hedera and Hashgraph in real time. It's quite fascinating. Um, and I encourage people to watch that video. Um, but one thing that's clear is, you know, you start to see people's journey. He mentioned Pangolin decks, right? The new the new decks that launched on Hedera from Avalanche, um, which obviously sparked this. He talked about Pangolin working with Hashport. So he's starting to learn a little bit about that. Um, but he didn't talk about Saucer Swap, right? He didn't talk about those things. So... It's definitely interesting to watch these big influencers learn about the network for the first time and, uh, you know, start to go through that journey that I think we kind of all went through, but from in a completely different scenario. When when a lot of us Hashgraph enthusiasts started learning about Hedera, you know, a couple of years ago, <laughs> there wasn't a ton to learn about. Once you understood how Hedera worked and once you understood what a Hashgraph was and who Lehman and Mance was, that's kind of all you needed to know. Um, and you just were along for a ride and you kind of kept up with things and here we are, but, um, we have to understand that the ecosystem now is huge. It's a behemoth. It's going to take BitBoy months to figure out what's going on. Um, so watch his videos. He's, I can tell he's going to start going a lot heavier with Hedera and he's going to start learning more and more. And he, he BitBoy is going to start talking about saucer swap and he's going to start talking about, uh, major NFT projects like Dead Pixels and Hangry Barboons and, uh, you know, stuff like that is going to happen. We've seen it happen with other influencers. Um, you know, other influencers, shout out to King Solomon, you know, Ryan, he's been on, he's been a frequent guest on this show. Um, he's got a, over a hundred thousand followers on, on Twitter. And he was an early, um, you know, we'll call him an influencer in, in the Hedera ecosystem. And he took a deep dive and now he's an expert on it. Right. So, a lot of these folks are going to go on the same path, and BitBoy's huge. Can't be understated. Last interview I want to talk about before diving into the rest of the news is uh, Brett McDowell. So Brett McDowell is the chair of the governing council and the board at Hedera. Um, key insights from him. This is a, this is again from the Gossip About Gossip podcast with Zenobia from Hedera and Swirls. Here's what they talked about. And this was a top level note that I wanted to give that I found really interesting that I think could provide some context for certain things we will start hearing soon. 
Um, uh, oh, someone says, listening to the show, they say, um, what's this knock on BitBoy show? Um, not a knock at all. I mean, um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a massive, you know, diehard fan of BitBoy, but, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there and I think there's a lot of people in the Hedera ecosystem that, um, you know, don't like BitBoy really and kind of, um, you know, give them a hard time for not knowing everything about Hedera and, and being completely accurate about what he's talking about. I'm just trying to say like, listen, this, you know, a lot of people that know a lot about Hedera now started learning about it when not a ton was happening. Anybody who's learning about the network now, it's going to take them months. There's so much happening now. Uh, it, there's no longer just Hedera. There's Hedera. There's the HBAR Foundation. There's Swirls. There's like 15 more governing council members. There's DeFi. There's NFTs. Like it's it's a it's a huge thing. So I'm trying to explain to people in the, in the Hedera community, like get used to this. Um, you're going to start watching folks go through this journey in real time. Uh, and, you know, be patient with them. Just give them info. Um, so, uh, you know, nothing against BitBoy. Um, lots of people listen to him. Lots of people pay attention to him. Um, and, you know, that's the way it is. So I think it's just bringing a little bit of context to people in the Hedera community more broadly about how it's going to be received. Back to Brett McDowell on his podcast. He says this to Zenobia. He says, Davos is done under um, Chatham House rules. And this was important. I wanted to highlight this because we're going to start to see a lot of news and rumors about things from Davos, right? Davos was just a month ago. These governments and enterprises and gazillionaires move slow. So we're going to see news about it. But what is Chatham rules? So, quote, under the Chatham House rule, anyone who comes to a meeting is free to use information from the discussion, but is not allowed to reveal who made any particular comment. It is designed to increase openness and discussion. So just wanted to provide that context. I think that was an important um, element to this. When we start to see conversations about Davos and things that happened in news and rumors, um, it's going to be information that comes from sources abiding by these Chatham rules. They're going to talk about what happened, but they're not going to talk about who was talking about it. Um, so, uh, you know, good thing to know. Brett also attended talks surrounding CBDC, state of startups, navigating austerity, digital uh, identity initiative. And he also mentioned there's a shift of discussion. Uh, this was actually really, really important. I think it's actually important for us as a community to do. Um, I wanted to kind because of, when we look at us as a community, right, we've got Zeus Market and Hash Access and Saucer Swap and, you know, Hash Pack and Blade Wallet. And like, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on about this ecosystem that's formed. Um, Brett McDowell at um, Davos said a big topic of discussion was shifting the conversation away from what blockchain or Hashgraph can be used for to what is it currently being used for? Um in the context of, you know, talking to new people or having more broad discussions cross network or to people outside of Web3, I think that it would be important for us as a community to do that too, right? Talk a little less about all the great things that are going to be happening with Hedera and just really double down on really illustrating what currently is happening. Um, that's really cool. So that was a good insight. Um, also, um, they talked about policy interoperability. Um, and this was really interesting, too, because you're going to have identities assigned to people and entities. Um, but how do other people 
trust the methods used to authenticate that identity. That's a really great point. Um, maybe you have a government ID or maybe um, you know a bag of coffee on a supply chain has a digital identity assigned to it or whatever. Um, we can have interoperability for how those digital identities are are handled for sure, but do we have policy interoperability, right? Um, and that's really good because it's going to prevent um, the need to cross-check things, to double-check things, to re-authenticate things. Um, that is outside my scope of knowledge, but a, I think a really important point he raised. Um, also, he talked about um, the Panopticon problem, um, which, I mean, again, this is, this, is, uh, this is big brain stuff. And what he said is, um, your identity provider sees activities how they use the information, where did it come from? That creates trust barriers, right? Um, so this is the, the quote unquote, what Brett calls the panopticon problem is one that he's dealt with in the identity industry before, right? Which is um, you are using your decentralized identity, you're providing information to people, um, or you're just using your regular identity, like your driver's license or um, your you know internet login or something like that for a website. Um, how do you, you know, trust the entities and what you're doing? You, you know, there's this trust barrier. We can all feel it, right? We have a trust barrier with, um, with Twitter, with Facebook, with um, all these, you know, all these platforms. We don't trust. We don't trust them. And it, and and the whole promise of Web three is you don't have to trust people. And this is what he's trying to bring to the table with this quote unquote Panopticon problem with these leaders at Davos is like, um, if you can swap out the identity provider with smart infrastructure. Now they're checking signatures on the ledger, which can be which can be trusted to provide the evidence, um, and it can solve the Panopticon problem to go further with you know zero knowledge proofs. Um, and it isn't about anonymity; it's about control over your identity. Uh, and this can tie into tokens, ownership, financial instruments. So basically, what Brett's saying is, um, we have to contextualize this for governments, big businesses, all of these entities. Of this is what the problem is. And here's how to solve it. They may not understand the problem, um, you know, entirely. So um, that was that was crazy. And one last thing that he mentioned, uh, and the last thing on all these interviews before we move on to the rest of the news, is he wanted to stress that when we say digital identity, people think personal identity or identity cards, et cetera. And I think that too, right? Um when I hear, you know, decentralized identity and those different types of things, naturally you think of an identity for a person. Um, but, uh, you know, Brett says, we currently have a digital identity use case running on Hedera, Atma.io is a digital identity use case. Um, and the case study is that it's not human identities. These are identities for all sorts of different things running through supply chains that are having, um, you know, actions performed on them. And so he's like, when we talk about digital identities, we're not necessarily talking about people, right? We're talking about all sorts of different things that need identity. So that was interesting. Um, wanted to highlight that. Great interview. I mean, so that was a big part of today's show before we move on to the rest of the news um, was these interviews. Um, I don't see this many interviews from, again, the chair of the HBAR Foundation, right? Brett, Top Dog, Mance, Lehman, 
a governing council member, right? DLA Piper, probably one of the most important governing council members. And also BitBoy, a top crypto influencer talking about Hedera. Five, you know, and also too, like, you know, the other interview, but I'd say five major, major interviews and, and uh, pieces done about the network um, in one week. That's insane. And I wanted to dive into all of those and put them all together because I think that digesting these key points all at once can paint a little bit of a picture. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to stay on top of those things. Um, I, I can't remember the last time so many huge interviews were done in one week. Um, so I wanted to talk about those instead of doing an interview myself. I thought it was more important. Big news on the 18th or sorry, on the 13th, Hedera officially passed 4 billion transactions. That's huge. Um, the most used DLT on the planet, the most transactions um, out there. Obviously, Solana, that's its own story. But in terms of real transactions, Hedera, I mean, this is huge and huge in more ways than one. Sorry, just taking a sip of my coffee. I need my, man, I, these spaces, I got to, when I have coffee, it helps so much. But the problem is, I'm like buzzed for the rest of the night after the show because I'm so excited about this show always, but then I'm jacked on caffeine. If anyone has any recommendations for how to get pepped up before the show without, you know, having any substances like caffeine, would love to know. But I've noticed a trend with this announcement. The graphic shared with it is hilarious. It's just like the number four scribbled on top of the one they used previously for 3 billion transactions. There's this level of humor with the Hedera account now that I do find interesting. I find that Hedera now is exuding a, a new level of confidence and feels comfortable dipping their toes into some of that key messaging from a brand perspective. Um, it's funny, humorous. They published a meme. We talked about that last week. So um, big deal in my mind, just from a brand perspective. I think other folks are noticing that too. Um, but also... I mean, let's, the other big element here is that was announced on the 13th, right? It's now the 19th, six days from now. There's already 288 million additional transactions on the network. That's insane, right? It can't be understated how crazy that is. Um, we're, I'm looking at this, 621 transactions per second, we're, we're going to be another 500 million transactions uh, in, in the next couple days. Next week, we'll be at 4.5 billion transactions. We're doing a billion transactions every 20 days. That's crazy. Um, if that's not a step function, I don't know what it is. Congrats, 4 billion transactions. But what's the point in celebrating every billion transactions? We're going to be doing this, you know, more than once a month. What about a trillion transactions? My goodness. Another saucy tweet from Hedera. Um, Hedera tweeted this out. If crypto is chaos, Hedera is order. I saw that and I was like, who's running this Twitter account? Because um, either someone gave Lehman the password or someone new has been brought in. I think there's an individual named Oliver running the Twitter account. Um, Oliver, if you're listening to the show, I'd love to have you as a guest. I think that the per I think interviewing the person that runs the Hedera Twitter account, <laughs> I think that'd be an interesting interview. So I'd love to do that. Um, but 
Yeah, that's a pretty bold tweet. Hedera is definitely taking the gloves off, uh, even just over the last couple of days, tweeting about the issues in, in regards to royalties. I do find the messaging from Hedera getting much funnier, a lot bolder, a lot more aggressive. Um, it's 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 a we're seeing a big shift in tone. Um, and I think it, it's it's happened late. It's happened late, but we are now no longer substance over hype. We're hyping the substance officially. Um, but in a bit of a bummer turn, CoinMarketCap published an article talking about the quote-unquote Solana transaction riddle, right? This was an article breaking down the riddle of Solana transactions. As a lot of us know, um, Solana counts um, consensus messages within their network towards transactions. And these aren't messages that are doing any business use case or transferring anything of value. It's just regular operations for the network that shouldn't be included in the transaction count. Um, so they have this article, right? And they have this graph that shows, you know, Solana, Polygon, Avalanche, Ethereum, et cetera, um, that uh, shows their, you know, daily transactions. One omission, though, is Hedera. And it was really frustrating for the community because this has happened before. And here's an article where including Hedera for context would be incredibly beneficial to people, right? It would change the whole article. Um, because right now what this article says is, hey, see what's happening on Solana? It's too good to be true. Um, whereas if they included Hedera, it would be the same thing. But also, it is possible to do tens of millions of transactions per day on a network. So it is possible. Um, and that's just not a component of this article, which is unfortunate. And a lot of people came to the conclusion that, you know, the writer omitted this from the article. They're trying to, you know, suppress Hedera's um, reach. But what turns out is there's a platform called Nansen that is an analytics crypto tracking platform that a lot of journalists and publications use to get data about L1s and crypto networks. And Hedera is not included in that. So this program that a lot of folks use to make these graphs and to write articles, and arguably they're really busy and arguably they're not necessarily crypto experts all the time. Um, I think this Coinbase article, you could argue that, you know, there is a bit of negligence. Obviously, this writer probably knows about Hedera, but maybe they aren't allowed to use data that isn't from this platform. Who knows? But I think that a call to action, the community is, you know, guys, I think that a lot of these um, news outlets are using um, data sources and analytics tools that may not have Hedera as a part of it. There are also a couple networks left off this article from CoinMarketCap um, that, you know, are also not on Nansen. So it's not just Hedera. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe we should do a bit of a check-in and a scan and kind of go, well, if journalists aren't writing the types of articles that we want to see, what information do they have to work with? Maybe they're just working on outdated or or um, bad information to the really kind of the fault of nobody. Um, and maybe Hedera just has to get listed in some of these platforms. And that's what it turns out it might be. So 
I'm really interested to see if the community has insights on potentially some of these other platforms used by journalists or influencers for data that just, you know, don't include Hedera straight up. It might be interesting to know. Big news uh, on the NFT side. Dynamic NFTs are a big conversation. And um, what dynamic NFTs are is you buy an NFT in your wallet and the picture can change later down the road. Um, the NFT itself can change. And that can't happen right now. By nature, NFTs on Hedera are immutable, which is really great. You know, it's a guarantee that the NFT that you purchased is never going to change. Uh, but there's some uh, use cases where it would be it would be really cool to have an NFT change later on, you know, and, and kind of morph with the times. And so there's going to be a new metadata key added to um, the... Hedera tokens uh, for NFTs. And um, it's in a new HIP, HIP 567. It's in the last call stage. And we've talked about this before on the show. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But the news here is it's in the last call stage. Um, and just to put this into context, this is a bunch of community members that got together um, to put together a HIP um, to uh, you know, add a new piece of functionality to the network. The governing council is going to have to vote on adding it to the network, um, and hopefully it'll be added, and the network itself will be changed, and it'll be changed by regular community members. A champion on this is Patches from uh, Turtle Moon. Um, I chatted with him on the show maybe last week or the week before on this, um, so if you want to know more, go back, listen to that episode, but big stuff. Congrats. I love it. The test net is rocking and rolling in a big way. Um, we've seen thousands of transactions per second on the test net, and we've seen a couple of rumors around what it potentially could be. Um, and I wanted to highlight two, um, obviously, um, one of these use cases could be Avery Dennison expanding, um, their use case, right? Um, they already have their use case. They've been booting things up. Are they going to be expanding it, right? Are they opening it up to more clients? Um, that could be a situation. The other is um, something I'll quickly skip to and highlight. If I just scroll down the thread here. Uh, where is it? Where did you go? FSCO um, is launching a use case uh, very shortly on Hedera. Uh, here we are. And there's a couple breadcrumbs. So it involves MasterCard. So um, basically, Fresh Supply Company um, is a, you know, it, it's kind of the same as Avery Dennison at MyIO. They just work with the food supply side. And an interesting thing about their platform is they have MasterCard integration for payments and the ability for their platform to write those payments to um, a DLT and MasterCard actually had a DLT called Providence that, that uh, FSCO was using, but MasterCard has discontinued that product. So um, Fresh Supply Company is now going to be using Hedera as their DLT and bringing this uh, functionality um, to Hedera. And we, you know, according to the CEO, um, we will have MasterCard payments written to the Hedera network through their use case, which is really fascinating. And 
Um, I'll just read a quote from the CEO here from a tweet he left over uh, uh, on the 12th, I believe. He said, quote, Providence payment triggering capability is moving to Hedera, as is fresh supply company. Ledger layer, allowing multi-rail capability. There will be a range of solutions allowing uh, intersection of Web3 and traditional and alternative financial applications. More to come. Um, someone asks, were you using Ethereum? Is this another example slash sign Ethereum ecosystem is dying? And you know the CEO responds, I don't think it's dying. EVMs are alive and well. We just find Hedera superior for our implement implementation and future outlook. And he also says, so this will allow ledger events and tokenized assets we write to Hedera to trigger payments and facilitate finance. That includes MasterCard Rails and other alternative DeFi, TradFi slash card capabilities. Can't say more. So um, he's been really vocal about this stuff. Um, could this potentially be a use case, uh, a supply chain use case also involving MasterCard being tested on the testnet? Who knows? Um, and there's so many other um, ideas of what it could be. Um, I will say there's an additional one. Galaxy tweeted this out. And Galaxy obviously is a, is a social media play. It's a digital wallet. It's a kind of social media use case built on Hedera for digital collectibles, all that good stuff, creator tokens. Um, one of the original use cases on Hedera. And they tweeted out um, thinking emoji, right? Thinking face emoji with a screenshot of the testnet. And Galaxy has made it clear recently that they do plan to be coming live. So could could this be them testing their use case um, if they're tweeting this out? Very interesting. Also, something really interesting that Galaxy did. Well, uh, the creators Galaxy or creators Galaxy Protocol did. Um, they airdropped five hundred thousand Galaxy tokens to thousand three hundred seventy-five wallets. So they did a, a a massive Galaxy airdrop to people that had Galaxy token associated with their wallets. Um, kind of crazy. I mean, kind of came out of nowhere. That happened on the thirteenth. And uh, I wasn't expecting it. I don't think a lot of folks were expecting it. But it happened. Shout out. Um, also, um, this is another thing. And this is a bit of a rumor that kind of ties in at my IO, Avery Dennison, and also Dovu. And lots of things have happened, right? We talked about the price spike in Dovu. We talked about the, 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 the test net spike. We talked about um, all these different things that could be happening. Um, and uh, Tom Johnson on Twitter notes, <clears throat> quote, looks like, looks like Atma minted 1.6 million Atma carbon uh, emission tokens on Hedera. Token ID 0.0.1689170. Perhaps this had something to do with Dovu price action. Maybe Tolem Earth is going to start cranking out some of the carbon marketplace transactions. We have a lot of carbon offset use cases waiting to start pumping out transactions. Um, and what they're doing right now is they're looking for more carbon for their marketplaces. So when they have more carbon for the marketplaces, they're going to start putting their use cases live. So that was also interesting. Um, could this also involve Dovu? There's a lot of eyes on Dovu. Um, Amazon rumors from the Hedera Reddit community um, there's a screenshot of a tweet from at Hedarian for Life, which says, quote, 
I just met, and this was tweeted out on the 15th, right? So very recently, quote, I just met a person who works at Amazon and his job is to negotiate sustainability-based contracts for the company. I casually brought up the Guardian software and he actually knew about it. So folks not familiar, the Guardian is a piece of software that is used by Avery Dennison, Atma.io, Dovu, Timeless, um, you know, Every ESG use case is using the Guardian, right? The Guardian is the key pillar of the sustainability use cases on Hedera, really one of the most important elements of our network. Um, and Envision Blockchain responded to this individual's tweet that is the maker of Guardian with a muscle flex emoji. So very cool. Um, Amazon, some, so what this tells me, according to this individual, is... Um, Someone who works at Amazon that negotiates sustainability-based contracts for Amazon knows about The Guardian. And that's a pretty deep track, right? If you know about The Guardian, that means you know quite a bit about the Hedera network. Um, so that's really interesting. Uh, they also respond to this post on Reddit and say with a follow-up quote, I won't mention a name due to possible NDA, but this is bullish AF. AF means as fuck. Envision blockchain seems to acknowledge the connection with their comment too. After mentioning the Guardian, this person stated the Guardian is underpinned by AWS, Amazon Web Services. So the Guardian uses Amazon Web Services. Then he brought up stuff about EV charging infrastructure and battery analytics. Perhaps this all ties into the recent announcement regarding the creation of, quote, virtual power exchange. Um, which we talked about uh, last week. So that's really, really interested. Amazon on the governing council. Is this the Fortune 10 use case Lehman was talking about a year ago? What is going on? What is going on? Um, Reddit user uh, Jeep Top Down, who we all love on the Hedera community Reddit, um, tweeted out, this is actually really shocking. Wes needs, to, Wes needs to calm down on Twitter. Uh, Wes from the HBAR Foundation. That original tweet, right? This individual, Michael, talking about this person at Amazon. Uh, Wes retweets this with a emoji, right? With a secret emoji. Um, and someone responds, why the secret emoji? And Wes responds, just having a bit of fun. Uh, but in all seriousness, the word of the Guardian is getting out. Goals just to make climate and ESG software stacks better than they were before. I've seen so many people at the HBAR Foundation, at Swirls, at Hedera, um, do the dumbest stuff on social media. I think some of them are a bit out of touch with like how people take things on social media. If truly this has nothing to do with Hedera, um, this is the wrong type of tweet to send out, Wes, with the shush emoji. Like... This is clearly you saying there's a secret that you're in on that involves Amazon. Um, and I mean, uh, it gets me excited. Um, if it's your goal to get people excited, then that's awesome. But this gives the impression that you guys are doing something with Amazon, with Amazon or that the Guardian is doing something with Amazon. So um, maybe a shrug emoji. I know that's also bad too. I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Like, maybe I'm just a bummer. Maybe Wes is just having fun. Maybe this is just hilarious. Um, so, I am I the problem? 
Am I the bummer? Am I the square? Dubai uh, is doing some awesome stuff. Dubai introduces virtual assets regulations in partnership with DLA Piper. Uh, DLA Piper is doing a lot. The Dubai-focused Virtual Assets Regulatory Authority, uh, VARA, has created a new regulatory framework specific to virtual assets in collaboration with law firm DLA Piper. Um, and this is really cool. Um, basically, um, what this is about is um, this is about tokenized assets. Uh, DLA Piper has, um, you know, obviously we've seen the mint and tokenize over a half billion worth of securities on Hedera. That's huge. If we want to talk about TVL, like people go, oh, Hedera has, you know, 40 million TVL. Look at us go. Like, do we also want to count the amount of like literal securities on, uh, you know, on the uh, network as well? <laughs> like that would bring us up to half a billion. So um, now I understand why Scott Thiel from DLA Piper said he believes a better um, metric instead of TVL, total value locked, is TVR, total value represented. That would put Hedera way higher. So I get that. Um, but this is about regulations. Um, and uh, basically, uh, this is about a, a big trend that I'm seeing right now. When we look at Web3, so I got a sneeze. I muted my mic in time. Thank goodness. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to cut out stuff like that for the podcast, but I kind of want people listening to the podcast to kind of get the unabridged version. I had people recommend like, oh, you, podcasts are great because you can like cut out certain moments and clean it up. But I'm like, no, when, when I'm done, when I'm done doing this show, this is your problem now, guys. Uh, you got You got to deal with it all uh, 90 minutes, apparently. And what this announcement is about is it's just about a trend that we're seeing. These big enterprises are going live with these use cases um, and with stuff that's happening with the SEC, ISO 2002, all, 22, all these different things. It's like there. this is people have talked about the next bull run being utility driven. Um, it's it's for Hedera. It is game time. It is game time. Right. The SEC has their case with, uh, you know, with all these other different networks, all these other L1s. They've got their beef. They're coming after centralized exchanges, staking as a service. Um, and a lot of these, like, it really goes to show me now how powerful it is for Hedera to have someone like DLA Piper on the governing council, right? Top three, maybe one of the biggest, maybe the biggest law firm in the world. Um, that has been in this space for so long. Um, and we look at headlines like this and we look at the fact that they've tokenized half a billion of securities on the network. Um, it's huge. It's huge. Um, in a shocking twist, a shocking twist, folks, um, three quarters of a billion HBAR was unstaked from Stater. Right, seven hundred and fifty million H bar was unstaked from Stater. That's sizable, right? That's sizable. Millions of dollars um, gone from TVL on the network. Um, so, what was that about? Well, initially, um, they thought it was the H bar Foundation. Um, folks at Stater, according to the uh, screenshot shared in the Twitter thread pinned to the top of the spaces, 
um, you know, it was not the H bar foundation that was clarified. What it appears to be what I've seen people mention is back in September, I believe late September, um, there was an account that staked, um, you know, hundreds of millions, maybe, you know, 700 million H bar, um, to stater. Right. Um, and then just days ago, we saw, you know, 750 million, just about, um, unstaked from stater. So it does appear as though it is a, you know, what you would call a whale staking and unstaking, um, from stater. Now, <laughs> who's got almost a billion H bar. That's what I would like to know. Um, is this a collective of people, right? Is this, a a grouping of accounts that all unstaked at once? Is this one account that is maybe a multi-sig account managed by a bunch of people that's an investment account? Something I thought about was immutable holdings, right? Jordan Freed. Um, Jordan Freed, obviously, ex-Hedera. Jordan was responsible for bringing folks like Google and a bunch of the original governing council members aboard. He obviously has a bazillion HBAR and his company, Immutable Holdings, holds a lot of that H bar and provides people investment opportunities to invest in H bar. I think if there was anybody obvious that this could have been is it could have been immutable holdings, right? If you had an investment uh, entity that had maybe like, let's say over a billion H bar, um, you would stake a good portion of that as soon as you could. Stater was obviously the first staking solution. And when Hedera announced native staking, you would probably um, just go to regular uh, staking on the network because it's lower risk. Um, so that's probably what was done and probably who it was. That's my guess. Um, I shouldn't say probably. It's it, What I should say is it's the only person I could think about. Otherwise, you're dealing with a group or an individual that has almost a billion age bar. It's crazy. Um, good rewards, though. Upside, upside, guys, when that kind of stuff happens, your rewards for Stater went up 10% when that happened because um, there's just less people staking. So um, there's a little upside. It's kind of cool. You know, there you go. Um, now payments is accepting payments via Hedera Hashgraph. What does that mean? So we've talked about Drop before in the past and their WordPress um, solution. So now payments is a platform uh, that has a couple things. So they've got e-commerce plugins for uh, Press to Shop, WooCommerce for WordPress, Magento, um, OpenCart, ZenCart, Shopify, Shopware, um, big names, all the major e-commerce stuff. Um, these are e-commerce plugins where you can add your Hedera wallet and accept crypto payments via Hedera. Um, they also have payment links and uh, point of sale terminals uh, support. They have reoccurring payments support. They have an API. This is basically a service that's launched that will allow you on your e-commerce platform or website to accept HBAR and other crypto payments via the Hedera network. Um, this is huge. And, uh, you know, now payments is rocking and rolling. We've also got drop payments, right? So we've got these use cases now where, again, in your WordPress or Shopify website, you can accept HBAR um, payments or other crypto payments. Um, with this particular um, now payments, you have free integration of 150 payment options, right? All sorts of crypto. So um, 
crazy stuff. If you're a developer or a web developer or a little more web two and you want to start doing this stuff, great option. Um, now on to a couple of our last stories. Gee, my God, we, we have so much to talk about today. We're getting through it. We're almost at the end. We're almost there. We're almost there. Really appreciate everyone for sticking around. I mean, there's been a ton of people tuned in over the over the last hour and a half. We've covered a lot. Um, so many regular faces listening. I mean, if you haven't yet, take an opportunity to share the show. I'll take an opportunity to sip another, another bit of my coffee. Um, and if you have, you know, a news item or a rumor that you want me to talk about, hit the comment button at the bottom right. I'll talk about it. Um, and uh, we'll just continue going through it here. Virtual Power Exchange, which we briefly talked about before, um, a joint venture between Security and Boss Controls has selected Hedera to create a first-of-its-kind digital energy a digital energy exchange platform for retail marketplaces. I shared, um, you know, kind of like a pitch video or, or um, you know, product overview video uh, to the Twitter thread at the top. Um, this is really interesting. Um, I've had clients in the past, like in the solar industry, um, and the buying and selling of power is really huge, right? Um, when you look at a, a somebody that has solar panels on their roof, they could very well be um, using power from the grid and sending the power from the solar panels on their roof back to the grid, thus offsetting their um, footprint and not directly using the power from their solar panels. So for example, if um, you know you have a power outage or, or let's say the sun just goes down or you're, you don't have batteries or whatever, you know, or something happens to your panels, you can still use power from the grid. Um, and th that's buying and selling of power. Corporations do that. It's not just solar panels. It's all other things. Um, for example, I, th I do believe that, um, the new electric Ford pickup truck, when you bring it to a charger, it can also put power back into the charger. Um, so that kind of transaction has to be really fluid. And on a network like Hedera, not only can you transact all that power, um, in a decentralized fashion, um, but also, um, as Lehman stated, you can maybe bundle carbon offset credits with that power as well. So there's all sorts of possibilities. This is a big use case. Um, this is a, a power use case. Um, the tweets in the thread, I am still learning about this, but I definitely encourage people to watch the video. Um, it kind of opens your brain up and you kind of go like, oh, okay, I get what this is about and what's maybe possible. And it's also great to watch too, because it's just a company that's that's very close to going to market, which is exciting to see. Um, Phoebe, 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 Phoebe. <clears throat> so when we talk about digital coupons, when we talk about the new 8112 coupon standard, which we've talked about extensively on the show, go back and listen to past episodes. Phoebe's a big player in that. They're actually a company um, out in... Uh, Vancouver, Canada here. And um, well, I'm in Ottawa, so on the opposite coast. Um, Phoebe obviously is going to be using the 8112 coupon standard shepherded by the Coupon Bureau. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of news around it. Obviously, Phoebe and a lot of these other folks involved are going to market. Digital coupons are going to market. They're going to start running on Hedera. Also, too, just to circle back on the test net, it also could very well be the coupon bureau and these new digital coupons running their tests to go live to the mainnet. That could also be a very good 
um, option for what that could be. But um, there is uh, one specific thing from this press release from Phoebe that I wanted to highlight just in the context of the coupon industry. Quote, the digital coupon market is expected to grow from $4.7 billion in 2020 to $29.7 billion in 2031, a compound annual growth rate of 18.6%. So not only is this going to reshape the coupon industry, but the coupon industry is going to um, effectively 6x, 10x, you know, um, which is huge when you look at TPS for the network. Um, so I think that's going to be wild. Um, next story is uh, just a shout out, Kabila. Um, it's an it's a uh, NFT uh, suite of NFT tools, um, creator tools, a wallet. Um, they've got support from the HBAR Foundation. Um, community use case again. When we talk about Andrew from from DLA Piper's interview with Max at Davos, mentioning that um, <clears throat> he expects a trend of major enterprises using products and services from the startups within the Hedera ecosystem. I think about folks like Kabila, right? So um, shout out to Kabila. Great stuff. Um, we we talked about King Solomon. You know, we, we talked about Ryan earlier um, on the topic of the BitBoy interview. And uh, he shares something that he caught in the recent UCL study um, when it came to power usage in comparison from other network. Um, and th- this is really visual. Um, but I just wanted to highlight it that it is in the thread. He did screenshot a couple things from the report. I encourage people to check it out. Long story short, it just, again, it illustrates what we already know, that Hedera is substantially more energy efficient and sustainable than pretty much all other DLTs. Well, yeah, not pretty much. Like, literally all other DLTs out there. All networks out there, including Visa. So um, I think that, uh, you know, this, this, you know, the recent study from UCL, I think, also highlighted that the, the entire Hedera network uses less power than a, than a family home. So um, that's huge. I also wanted to highlight um, Arkea and their recent uh, launch of um, what they're calling um, enterprise-grade infrastructure and tooling. Um, they've asked to be on the show. Um, maybe I'll have them on the show soon. Um, but, you know, it's one of those... It, Akira's one of those, or Arkea, sorry, my apologies, Arkea. It's funny, Akira's actually an old uh, sushi place um, that was in a city I used to live in, Barrie, Ontario. Shout out to Akira Sushi. Um, Arkea is an interesting one. They're making some huge moves. I've been seeing a lot of press about them, and I haven't kept up. I'll admit I haven't kept up. Um, with what they've been doing, there's so much to keep up with. So, um, you know, I know that they want to be on the show. Um, so, you know, maybe that'd be a great way to keep up with it. <laughs> you know, what's the, what's a better way to keep up with what somebody's doing and learn about what's happening than to talk to them? So maybe the show's just an excuse <laughs> for me to like learn about what's going on. Uh, maybe that's what this is all about. <laughs> maybe this show is just my excuse to, to talk to these people and figure out what's going on. Um, everybody can be a fly on the wall. And yeah, so, uh, you know, Arkea is um, launching and developing some of these uh, platform solutions, infrastructure, APIs, um, 
basically to supercharge some of these startups. And this kind of goes in line to what Andrew from DLA Piper was talking about. They, the, the, the governing council, Hedera, HBAR Foundation, need people with ideas for use cases that are protected IP to build on Hedera. They will support them. And um, some of these entities like um, Arkea are developing these pieces of infrastructure. So um, these use cases don't need to um, worry about, you know, launching their own mirror node or be concerned about those maintenance or different things like that. Um, you can kind of stand this up and work things even faster. So shout out to, uh, you know, Archea, big stuff. Article is in the thread. Um, you know, again, we've got the last uh, title story, not title story, uh, man. I've been so tired today. I don't know what it is. It's winter here in, in you know in Ottawa, Canada. So we you know winter usually kicks off in November. So it's been a while. We still have a bit of winter to go. But my God, I've been like my energy levels have been down. My vitamin D has been down. I've been busy. Um, I probably come across as a little more low energy on this episode. I think it's good though. I think sometimes I get pretty riled up on these episodes. Maybe it's nice to have a bit of a more chill vibe, you know. The headline here from in is this is this website really called Inside Bitcoins? Okay. InsideBitcoins.com reports Biden government to push ahead with crypto energy restriction plans. Um this has been known for quite a while. Um the Biden administration, the you know, the US administration um is looking to crack down on the the, the climate impact of certain uh, DLT technologies. Um, it's clear, you know, that Bitcoin isn't like super great for the environment, all these different types of things, proof of work in general. And I can understand um, the government's interest in regulating just the um, energy usage for some of these networks, the same as they would for, you know, other industries. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Obviously, I'm not too stressed about it being a hashgraph enthusiast, right? But at the same time, it's, it's, I mean, we got the SEC going hog wild. We've got, you know, the, the government in general going hog wild. It's going to be a wild time, right? Is another bull run in the cards soon? What's going to drive it? What's going to happen? Um, I think that it's, you know, things are about to get really crazy as it reaches mass adoption, right? It's going to get pretty wild. Um, and, you know, that's it. That's it. We did it. I don't know how I would have squeezed a guest in. Guys, we would have been going till, we would have been going for another hour. I don't know if I could have done it. We have done a three hour space as well before. We did episode 50. On episode 50, we had um, some major guests on. We had uh, the H Barbell, we had King Solomon, we had um, Dead Pixels, we had Hangry Barboons. We gave away uh, a Dead Pixels Ghost Pass. Um, and we, we had three-hour spaces, news and rumors spaces. And there was like 4,000 listeners. It was pretty crazy. Um, but not this week. Well, that's another week behind us. We've got another week ahead of us. Um, I wanted to give a huge shout out to everyone listening live on Twitter spaces right now. And also to an extra shout out to everyone listening to the recording um, on Apple podcasts and Spotify or YouTube or wherever you may find yourself. 
if you have a moment, give the show a rating. I mean, you can give rating on, you know, Apple podcasts, or I don't know if you can rate shows on Google podcasts or Spotify. I don't know. Follow. <laughs> what, what are the YouTube? What's the classic YouTube thing? Um, comment, rate, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, everybody comment, rate, subscribe helps a lot. Um, so what's the takeaway this week? I mean, the title of the spaces is follow button fumble, obviously referring to Hedera following Sony and quickly unfollowing. Um, to me, what that shows is stuff is moving fast. Stuff is moving heavy. Um, I didn't have any guests and this is an hour and 40 minute spaces. We had somebody give feedback on the show before it even started that the show is too long, that too much is going on. Um, and that's just the way it is, guys. We're all in this together. Strap in because um, I have a feeling things are just going to get, uh, it's going to be coming hot and heavy and it's going to be coming fast. And I think that it's clear Hedera is feeling it too. A slip up like a giant organizational account following an account and then unfollowing it definitely is a sign that things are moving quick. Um, and it's really tough. It is really tough, but you can only keep up with as much as you can keep up with. I mean, I'll, t I'll say to you guys, you know, everyone listening, I'm not going to be able to cover everything. I'm not gonna be able to keep up with everything. Um, it's just the way that it is. I think that it's important to, um, follow a lot of people in this space doing, um, a lot of different shows. Um, and I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, you know, a few examples of some other shows that you can listen to, um, and subscribe to that are going to help you stay up to date with things happening. Um, the H bar bull on Twitter, um, does awesome regular videos and interviews, um, that you should definitely watch. Um, hello, future buzz. Elizabeth from hello, future buzz is great. Um, uh, parabolic H bar, Sivo, right, on Twitter is great. Zepsi is great. Coinman, the H-Barbarian is great. Just search H-Bar on Twitter. I mean, you got to pay attention to multiple people. You can't just listen to my show because um, I'm not going to be able to cover everything. We're reaching that point. When I started this show in October 2021 on Clubhouse, you know, it was hard to fill an hour. It it really was. There wasn't that much news happening. I I... This is a 30 tweet thread, over 30 tweets for this week. And I had to cut some things out. It's that crazy. So that's my takeaway is um, we only have so much time and we just have to stick together and we have to stay connected. Like, as you know, you, you, you just gotta, um, you gotta spend time doing this stuff. Um, and I know it's it, sometimes, you know, Time is 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 slim, but we're we're in a really crazy moment right now in the history of technology, in my opinion. And this newfangled thing called Hedera is going to change a lot of things. We've talked about a lot of that uh, in this episode, um, and be a part of that, right? And and be more than a part of it. We talked earlier about hip. Um, which hip was this? Hip. Uh, hip. Um, 567 or sorry 657 for mutable nfts this is a, a hedera improvement proposal from regular community members like you and i to literally change the way that the hedera network functions it will require approval from the governing council members um 
anybody can influence the network, right? Literally anybody can. Um, and all it takes is staying connected, right? Giving our time, researching and learning, um, and staying up to date with stuff. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. Uh, that's what the show is for me. Um, it forces me to stay up to date. I mean, doing the show, um, I think sometimes I would prioritize my work over spending time keeping up to date with what's happening on Hedera. I'm really happy I have. The show forces me to. I'm going to keep doing it just because of that. It's literally an excuse for me to um, stay up to date with stuff. Um, and with that, thank you all so much for tuning into Ashgraph News and Rumors, episode 65, follow button, fumble. Broadcast live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and made available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, every Monday, right? I upload the recordings on uh, every every Monday, so tomorrow. Um, get all the info you need about the show and listen to past episodes at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Make sure to, t- to join the Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community. We're almost at 800 members. Um, great way to connect with people, right? Um, great way to share updates. Always interesting tidbits shared there. Um, you know, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, feel free to send an HBAR donation to enthusiast.hbar uh, using your Hedera wallet. And again, I really, really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, it's just awesome to see this show grow. Um, and I will see you live on Twitter Spaces next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Um, and for everyone listening now, I'm just going to leave the spaces open um, for a couple more moments just for all you guys to follow each other, stay connected. Um, again, if you see someone you don't know, give them a follow. If you see someone you know, shoot them a message, say hi, ask what's new. Maybe you haven't talked to them in a while. Um, take a moment to do that now. It's Sunday, everyone's chilling. Monday's coming up. Maybe you set something up cool for the week right? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You'll never know if you don't uh, send a message. Um, and with that, that's it. That's it. I got my coffee here. It's still cold outside. Oh, but The Last of Us came out. The next episode of The Last of Us. I'm digging that show. Um, King Solomon turned me on to it, so shut out. Anyways, take care, everybody. Hello, future. Goodbye, past.